0: Greetings. Welcome to the Valenta 2.0 weekly podcast. I'm Howard Brooks. I'm a managing director based in Miami, Florida. And
1: I'm Jake Day. I'm a managing partner based in Arkansas and then also Georgia.
0: Thanks for joining me, Jake. And for those of you in our audience, today we're going to talk about things that we found interesting the past week in the world of digital transformation and technology. And then we'll also talk a bit about what has been interesting for us this past week uh, within Valenta. I guess I'll kick it off, Jake. And uh, one thing that I found that was very interesting this week was there's a company we call we we track called Tenable. Um, they're in the cybersecurity space, and uh, they're an interesting company in that space. They made an acquisition this week. They're going to be acquiring a company called Bit Discovery, and Bit Discovery specializes in EASM or X internal attack surface management, which is very important within the cybersecurity space. So, you know, Tenable was making a comment that they feel like they are going to be an even more well-rounded 360-degree type company for cybersecurity now with this addition. And I thought it uh, seemed like a great ad and uh, definitely caught my eye this week. Jake, do you have uh, something caught your eye this week? Did did.
1: Uh, one of our technology partners named Soul Machines did a webinar Uh, The title of the webinar is called Digital People for Retail and E-Commerce. If you have a business that deals with retail or e-commerce, you're really going to find their webinar very enjoyable. What they're talking about here is creating um, digital people or avatars in kind of the coming of the metaverse. We've heard a lot about the metaverse, right? Uh, What Facebook is building and it's supposed to be kind of the, the next big thing. You know, we've heard that some retailers and brands are actually going ahead and purchasing their digital space, if you will, in the metaverse. And so, this kind of talks about how important a digital presence will be. And these they talk talk about not only digital people, but kind of the roles of digital people and how it works. Which this is something that's really kind of confusing to me. Uh, I hate to say that I'm getting older, and it's hard for me sometimes to keep up with some of this really, really cutting edge technology, but Metaverse sometimes is kind of a difficult difficult thing to wrap my head around, and how different brands would participate in that. But they give you some really good examples in this webinar. Uh, they talk about, for example, example digital uh, ambassadors, or think about having a digital salesperson. So this is really think of it as chatbot in a website meets a actual kind of digital avatar of a person, and it makes you feel more and more like you're actually interacting with a real person and not necessarily a chat bot, right? Somebody that's not real. So they talked about, gave, gave some examples about creating, for example, digital sales associates. They also gave a couple of case studies about how, I believe it's Procter and Gamble has a, one of their uh, skincare businesses that they've acquired. They have a, it's, it's all done. Virtually, they have a a digital ambassador, a digital skincare consultant is what they call it. And they've gotten a really huge response. uh, Because, you know, skincare is something that sometimes is vulnerable to talk about uh, when you're talking to a real person. Uh, But the digital consultant, it doesn't judge you. It's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And... In conversations that normally people might shy away from when you're talking about about it with a real person, again, what they're finding is that people are opening up to the digital consultant. So I thought that was cool. They also talk about how Nestle also has a business. They have a cooking coach that can walk you through how to bake cookies. And also, if you don't know what to bake, this digital coach, uh, again, it's 100% digital, right? It can help you determine what to bake It'll ask you, hey, what's in your cupboard? And then it'll recommend uh, something to bake and then uh, we'll walk you through, guide you through the process. What's really interesting about it is uh, with with the Nestle cooking coach, the average session that people are spending engaged uh, with this digital, effectively this digital bot, right? This digital person is uh, 10 minutes, 10 minutes per session. So when you think about, you know, that's a very important metric You know, how long can you keep people engaged on your website or keep people engaged in your your coming digital storefront that you'll have in the metaverse? I mean, 10 minutes is huge. I think anybody on that's watching this understands the importance of that. And so uh, definitely check out the webinar. Soul Machines did an excellent job on putting this together. I think it'll really help to educate people the importance of what digital people are and how you can utilize that in this coming virtual e-commerce environment that we're moving
0: into. Very cool, I'll have to check out the webinar. If you had not mentioned the cookie coach at Nestle, I was going to, I was familiar with that one. I wasn't familiar with the Procter and Gamble uh, case study or use case that they had. Um, we actually did some POCs with Soul machines, virtual people as well. They're up on our website. We've published some blogs recently about them. One is for uh, the medical industry and one is for the financial industry and uh, also very cool use cases for soul machines. Um, hey, one thing that caught my eye this week, very much shifting gears from virtual people is uh, Veeam, uh, a software company that offers cloud-based SaaS backup services. I saw that they launched a uh, backup service for Salesforce in addition to Microsoft Office 365. So far, I've really known Veeam just as providing backups for Kubernetes virtual machine instances and other SaaS apps, but uh, they added Salesforce and Microsoft 365 recently, and I thought that was very cool. Um, Something else that caught my eye this week was more of a case study uh, by National Grid in CIO uh, Magazine or or the web portal. And National Grid is a big power company, big in the UK, also big in uh, New England and New York. And they have a new CIO there that is working on revamping their entire tech stack, and she is about one third of the way through that revamp. But they're really focusing on the 7,000 field workers that they have in terms of automating what they're doing, coming up with a, a new tech stack to you know help those people within their company. And interestingly enough, um, you know they work a lot with Microsoft Azure, they work a lot with Snowflake. And they also work a lot with Blue Prism, a company that we know very well from RPA. So these were parts of their tech stack that they were rolling out. But, you know, power companies are very similar to telecom companies in terms of what they do, how they do it and stuff like that. That's an industry that I care a lot about. So this case study really caught my eye and I could really see lots of use cases for automating those field technicians, those field workers for a power company, just like I'm familiar with from the telecom space. Jake, you got anything else that caught your eye this week?
1: That's something kind of similar. UiPath had a uh, a blog post this week uh, called uh, "Bringing AI and Robotic Process Automation to Manufacturing." You know, there's been a lot of significant uh, development and investment that's gone uh, into manufacturing type and Industry 4.0 initi- initiatives like uh, what well, we've heard of the Internet of Thing Internet of Things, which is kind of about Uh, connecting as much as we can uh, to digital so that we can monitor in manufacturing they use it for um, uh, predictive maintenance schedules figuring out what might break before it does based off of some of the continuous monitoring that they're able to do uh, remote monitoring of course a lot's being said right now about autonomous vehicles But not much uh, has gone on in the space of automating manufacturing processes via the software, automating the software that underlines uh, a lot of that. So this article really talks about UiPath's uh, capabilities to uh, help build and introduce AI models into automation and workflows. And it gives some examples uh, of where this might occur. So for example, uh, demand planners, A lot of forecasting, statistical forecasting uh, models have to be prepared uh, in order to make sure that our demand plans are accurate. And so a lot of that demand, those demand planning processes are very uh, repetitive in nature in terms of like consolidating and aggregating uh, information that bots are really good at. Also maintenance managers can build predictive maintenance models to monitor and update their maintenance plans. Uh, The QA shop, quality assurance managers, uh, they can deploy image recognition AI models to monitor uh, product quality on their product line. Customer success managers can leverage AI-based sentiment analysis models to analyze customer feedback and take proactive steps to reduce the churn. And they also mentioned that marketing managers can use customer segmentation models to create personalized offers. They also give some other examples in here, Um, one one push button automations. These would probably be more like attended bots. Uh, You know, you have a bot that's supporting a human and not necessarily is working uh, by itself all the time, but you can use attended bots to create a request for an item or change the shipping priority, Uh, marking an item as hazardous if you find something that comes through and, hey, it's not marked uh, correctly in our system Um, or Managing vendor master data, uh, which can be uh, a challenge and be very a very repetitive and tedious task. Uh, a lot of those processes can be uh, automated through an attended bot with just the push of a button. And then they also link to three case studies where you know they show how certain manufacturing and logistics uh, companies are using RPA uh, in places where you know, you might not uh, think of it in the manufacturing industry, for example. Schneider Electric streamlined its supply chain for the distribution of their personal protective equipment kits during the COVID-19 crisis. And they reduced their order processing time uh, from four hours to two minutes, which is absolutely amazing when you think about that. Uh, Uber utilized automation to improve regulatory compliance in its operations and enhance customer service. Uh, They've estimated that they've saved about uh, $10 million annually And they have over 100 automations so far. And then there's a North American truck manufacturer that they talk about that saved more than half a million dollars annually by automating component testing as part of its truck assembly process. And uh, one of their partners developed an RPA solution to test faulty electronic control units on the production line. So when you're thinking about RPA, it definitely is can be used in the manufacturing environment as well. And I think that's where manufacturing will end up going, especially as we've had so many supply chain disruptions and the such. I think, uh, when you, especially when you're talking about things like demand planning and also quality assurance and that type of thing, I think that's gonna be the first major spaces where we see uh, RPA uh, really start to automate tasks in the manufacturing field.
0: Interesting stuff, very good. Um, you know what, I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but there was one more use case in CIO Magazine that caught my eye, and that was uh, a use case for Sienna, the technology provider. Uh, they are basically automating with RPA and conversational AI their entire call center. And it, you know it was a big endeavor that they wrote about in the magazine. And uh, what Sienna did first was they basically dropped their contract with their BPO call center provider, brought that all in house, but put everything in the cloud. Uh, they're using a- AWS for everything uh, that, that they're doing for their call center, uh, a lot of conversational AI and, and automation that they're, that they're working on with AWS. And they're really working towards a ticketless customer interaction engagement, which I wish them luck with. I mean, I know how useful tickets are in terms of every kind of technology customer interaction engagement. So uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work out, but I'm sure that the AWS in the cloud call center will definitely work out for them. Not so sure about the ticketing, but uh, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Um, That was it for me in terms of uh, things that interesting articles i had found. Jake, do you have any more or should we talk about your practice within Valenta?
1: Uh, I think we can move on to the practice. And uh, yeah, I had a pretty exciting week last week. I cut the ribbon in Bentonville, joined the, the, the Greater Bentonville Chamber of Commerce. Uh, it was a really great event, uh, had a really good turnout, uh, as well as I uh, was really, very grateful that uh, even some of the leadership from the Chamber of Commerce came out. Uh, really got to to talk about what we do in terms of process consulting and Helping to identify opportunities for automation. Uh, of course, talked a little bit about our staff augmentation practice as well, and the exciting things in our training platform uh, that we're going to be uh, really pushing here in the next few months, or really probably a few weeks actually. Um, but it, you know, it's really exciting to talk to small, small and mid-sized businesses because, especially sometimes with small business, they say, "Hey, all this technology stuff and digital transformation. Uh, you know, I only have maybe 10." or 20 folks that are in my business, how does it actually apply uh, to me? But when you start talking about, hey, do you do invoicing processes? Uh, Do you do um, bank reconciliation, right? A lot of times we're talking to medical companies, there was an aha moment there, uh, talking with somebody uh, who runs a a, a, a physical therapy company. And it's like, well, how would it apply to me? Well, uh, what we found out was they have patients Whenever you're walking into just probably like any sort of a doctor's office, you have to fill out long forms. And then all the information on that long form has to find its way into the computer in some form or fashion, or it's not very useful. And so then we got to talking about how, hey, document understanding could really solve and can really streamline this uh, process. And so it was just really exciting to talk to different small businesses and to brainstorm. It's what we love to do at Valenta. And so Uh, It was a very exciting week uh, to be able to join the Bentonville Chamber of Commerce and really looking forward to uh, partnering with them uh, going forward. And then uh, also we've got some pretty big announcements that will come out. I I teased it at the event. I don't want to put it out there uh, just yet on the podcast, uh, but we'll have a press release coming out. Maybe by the time that this podcast drops, I think it's going to be pretty exciting for uh, the Bentonville uh, Chamber of Commerce members. And so uh, just really excited about that. What do you got going
0: on? Uh, You know, I have had a few interesting conversations this week, but I just wanted to congratulate you on your ribbon cutting. And I think it's great that you joined that chamber. I know you're very committed to helping SMB type companies. And uh, I think that's a great, uh, yeah, it's a great organization for you to join to, to help you be able to do that. In terms of my practice, I had a few different conversations for me, not for Valenta, uh, this week started to talk to some folks about Python developers for some BI projects uh, that, that that you know we need Python for. So that was uh, new for me. Also started to talk to some folks about some cybersecurity outsource staff, which will be pretty interesting and, and add some value. And then I had a continuing conversation with my digital marketing uh clients, um well, actually prospective pers- clients, but I think that they will definitely become a client this week. And uh, we do a lot for digital marketing that is a mix of, you know, onshore staff and offshore staff, mostly in India, doing things on the web and for SEO and things like that. Our onshore staff is really a mix of managing partners like us, Jake, and then senior marketing strategists, for for the most part, located in Toronto, uh, within North America. But the client that I have wants to do a lot of video shooting. So I'm contracting with a local videographer here in Miami to do some shooting on a regular monthly basis for this client. And then we're going to take the content and do what we do with it um, after the fact. And then all of our other marketing goodness in terms of SEO and stuff like that. But uh, going to be doing some video shoots for a customer uh, within the next week or so, which uh, I was not expecting to do, but it's going to be very cool. So that's probably what the newest thing is for me this week.
1: Yeah, that's exciting what i like about this you never know what you're going to be doing right who would have ever thought you'd be in the video shooting business
0: yeah definitely a curveball for me but i think we're going to add a lot of tremendous value for this business so um a little bit off the path of uh, digital 2.0 and rpa but nonetheless good stuff so that's what's going on with me and my practice jake again great to hear about your ribbon cutting i definitely want to hear about that press release and you know gosh I'd, I'd really like to spill the beans but we'll save it for next week in terms of what we're uh, what we're going to be doing there in that press release so thanks for joining us everybody and we'll talk to you soon